0: Once again, we are live, and this is the second episode of the Across the Tracks podcast. I'm Ron, and... uh, I'm Steve. Ron and Steve. So I I need to clarify something. Um, Growing up in E-Town, my name, my my full name is Ronald Wayne Nelson, okay? Most people in E-Town know me as Wayne. They don't know who Ron is, and uh, that came about because... Once you join the military, they call you by your first name. So all during my career in the Air Force, I was referred to as Ron. No one knew what my middle name was. And it was really weird because people would call the house. My troops would call the, call the house, and Cynthia would answer the phone. And people would say, hey, is Ron there? And my wife would say, no, you must have the wrong number. <laughs> and uh, they're like, well, this is the number he gave me. And uh, she's like, no, there's no Ron here. She's like, oh, she said, well, and, and they would say, well, this is what Sergeant Nelson gave. She said, oh, you want my husband. Okay, now I know who Ron is. So, she, so that that's how the Ron came in. But in E-Town, everyone knows me who grew up with me, knew my name is Wayne. So that's need to clarify that uh, as we go forward. So.
1: Yeah, we knew your name was Ron, too, but <laughs> we never called you Ron. We always right. just called you Wayne. Right,
0: right, yeah, <laughs> right. The, the middle name is the one that stuck uh, but in the, in, in the military, they call you by your first name and, uh, no one had ever called me by my first name except my mom. You know, she called me by my first name, but, uh, all during the, uh, uh, my entire force career, I was known as Ron. So that's now even my friends now, they they like deal with me as Ron and Cynthia is like, Oh, he's Ron now. He's no longer
1: Wayne. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll probably end up calling him Wayne, you yeah. know, for sure. Everybody knows him as Wayne, and right. I'll say Wayne, because yeah. I'll have to think to say Ron.
0: Right, right. So, yeah. yeah. So,
1: we we actually share the same middle name. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so my name is Stephen Wayne. Oh, all right. Yeah. 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 So, that's that's all cool. So, we're going to get started here, and we're gonna, yeah. we're going to move forward.
0: Sounds good. And a happy new year to everyone. Uh 2019 is off to a, a great start. And hope everyone's new year has gotten off great. Uh, the, the 2018 was a good year. Hoping 2019 is going to be even better than the last. So, happy new year to happy everyone. Happy new year. Yes, yes. So, I think tonight, uh, our subject, uh, we're, we're talking about uh, people... Who inspired us from our respective neighborhoods, and some of those people, you know, they may be people that that resided within our our our, our enclave of of our neighborhoods, or it could be some. As you mentioned, you might want to mention some of the teachers uh, that inspired you as as you were growing up in E-town. So I'll let you start it off tonight, and uh, you know, talk about some of the people that may have inspired you in your time in E-town.
1: Oh, absolutely. Appreciate that. You know, um, growing up in E-Town on Miles Street, once again, we'll we'll go back to Miles Street. uh, A lot of the people that inspired me, uh, the streets were named after them. For example, Mr. Cleaver, you know, uh, David Cleaver. uh, He was... My One of my, our friends, Norman Cleaver, was our, was our classmate, yeah. and he uh, had, Mr. Cleaver had a house that was on Mile Street, and he had some apartments that were really close by, and he actually owned a farm down in Sonora, Kentucky, yep. and the street that's uh, right behind Mal- Mallory Street is named Cleaver Street, so he was one of the big influences. Mr. Cleaver uh, did just about everything. I mean, he was a farmer. He had trucks. He and Norman, they they did everything. So he was one of the the individuals in a neighborhood that inspired me. Uh, I think last episode we talked about the Ganaways and uh, Mr. Brooks and Miss Hallie Ganaway. And that was kind of the focal point uh, of the neighborhood. And everybody went to the Ganaway's house who, to get things started, to hang out there, to sit on the back porch and just be a family. Uh, many times my parents and all the neighborhood parents, they would go up there and they would shuck corn or snap beans. And they would sit around and talk, you know, and drink some beer and some alcohol and so on. But that was kind of the gathering place uh, Mallory Skillman, which we mentioned, who was the, uh, carpenter or the contractor. Uh, he was also a big influence because, uh, Mr. Skillman just did, he could do just about anything in the neighborhood. So those are the type people, and of course our parents and so on, uh, they always were, uh, influences on us. Um, believe it or not, and here's one that you'll be surprised about, uh, Mr. Charles Moore, you know, Mm uh, uh he in, inspired us because he was one of the first persons to organize a basketball team yeah. and we had a a little uh basketball team that uh played the other uh churches in the neighborhood and uh or in etam And, uh, he put a team together of the local neighborhood kids from, from across the tracks, both sides. And we actually played the different churches and we ended up playing and winning the first church league championship, you know, uh, in which, uh, they had for, uh, the schools and the the churches in in Elizabethtown. And so he was an inspiration. Uh, one of the teachers, uh, my sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Mary Martin, uh, she was um, one of the Barn Washington grads, and she was one of the first black teachers to teach in the Elizabethtown public schools, the integrated part of the public schools. And she was a sixth grade teacher, and she was always able to tame the beast in me because I was kind of a wild child. I was mischievous. I was all boy and I did not want to disappoint Mrs. Martin. So she was a a big influence, me in the sixth grade. Um, The other huge influence on me was my freshman history teacher. And his name was Bob Hilton, Robert Hilton. And for some reason, I have always loved history. I used to watch history, uh, shows on TV. And Mr. Hilton was the first guy that was able to tame, you know, that that wild spirit in me and got me hooked on history. And believe it or not, my freshman year in high school, I made a career choice. I said, when I finish school, I'm going to grow up to be a history teacher. And uh, I always had that as a goal. And like most people, once you set a goal, 90% of the time, you're going to achieve that goal. So my parents couldn't afford to send me to college. You know, I was getting ready to go to Western Kentucky University, and I think I had tuition uh, set, but there was no way they could afford me to go there. So I chose not to go to Western, go into the military going to the Coast Guard, and let the GI Bill pay my way through uh, college. So uh, once I finished my four years of being in the Coast Guard, I decided to go to college as soon as I got out. Well, I didn't want to go to Western because at that point in time, everybody went to Western, and I didn't want to go and hang out with all the friends that I used to hang out before. Absolutely. now, granted, it's going to be it was going to be four years later, but I just said, I don't want to go to Western. So I had a motorcycle at the time and I chose to go to Eastern Kentucky just to go up there and see what the campus was like. And so I rode the back roads through Bardstown, through Danville, through Lancaster and ended up at in Richmond, Kentucky. And I, I, I kind of liked the school and said, OK, this is where I want to get my uh, college education. So, once again, I enrolled. The GI Bill helped me through. And the very first night that I was on campus, uh, the professor said, who wants to be into the School of Education? And I raised my hand. And... Uh, the professor said, do you want to be in secondary or elementary education? I said, I want to be in secondary because I don't want to deal with any snotty-nosed little kids. That would not be my role right. because I want to teach history because I want to be like Mr. Hilton. And therefore, that was my start in uh, in education and me starting to be a history teacher. And I taught history for 30 years. Wow.
0: wow. That's amazing. That is amazing, and, and it, it, it's 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 ironic that you mention history because I'm a history buff as well. I love history, any kind of history. I love history, and my 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 dream job was to be a junior high history teacher. Uh, some some side roads were taken, whatnot. I, I never achieved that, but to this day, I love history. I love facts about anything historic. I love it. I eat it up. And um, a couple of the people that you mentioned that inspired you, we have a tie in with that as well. You mentioned the Cleavers. The Cleavers are distant relatives of mine. Uh, the Brashears, the Stewart's, the Cleavers, we're all related in there somehow.
1: Right, right.
0: We 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 have a connection there. You mentioned the basketball team um, started by uh, Mr. Charles Moore, who is my stepdad. Uh, and he started that basketball team. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were invited to participate in the church league, uh, E-Town City Church League. And my, my, my dad and Tim Weathers was the first coach of that team. I remember it like it was yesterday. We played our games at T.K. Stone Gym. Uh, we had more fans probably at our games than some of the high school games, right because uh, so, uh you know we had our players probably could have could have competed well against a lot of high school teams. We had that much talent on that team, but I remember that was like yesterday, and we're we're sort of connected uh through those things. A couple of the people that uh, that inspired me, and since we're we're talking about basketball, uh, I'm gonna segue one one of the individuals in the in the in the bottom uh, who inspired me uh, was it was a gentleman named uh, Mr. Don Compton <laughs> and um he lived right down the street from us on Pierce Street had a house there and he had he had two teenage sons and I would get off work in the afternoon and there was a basketball court right down the street uh from my house and we would meet up there in, in the afternoons once he got off work and I would get off work and we'd meet there at the court and he would literally just beat me to death on the basketball court.
1: Yeah, Don Compton was a heck of a basketball player.
0: <laughs> he court. was a heck of a basketball player at Etown Catholic. I, yep. I remember back in the day, he played ball for Etown Catholic, hell of a basketball player. So he would just beat, literally beat me to death on that basketball court. And he knew how to use his body. He knew how to position himself to get the shot off, even though I was taller than him. And I, I jumped a lot higher than he did. He knew how to get that shot off and position himself. And he started teaching me things about the game that to this day, I don't, I don't play much basketball anymore, but for the longest time as I played in the air force and, and played a couple years of junior college ball, those lessons he taught me on that basketball court there on Pierce Street um, uh, stayed with me. And it was it was simply just learning how to play the game the right way. And 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 I'm I'm grateful for him for doing that. Another person um, who, who inspired me, same thing in the bottom there. We had, we had a lot of figures in the community that, that happened to live in the bottom uh, during my time growing up there. Another the individual who, who made an impression on me was a gentleman named Mr. Julius Harp. And Mr. Harp, he was a retired military, uh, military veteran, and he had a huge house there in the bottom. It was one of the biggest houses in the bottom ever. Yep. Yep. <laughs> big house. And uh, we we really didn't know what to think because he had this big house. We're like, wow, this guy must be rich or something, you know. But he had a great house. And um, at the time, once school ended uh, and it was time to go get a summer job, we had to go across the tracks to the employment office, which was on your side of town.
1: On <laughs> Mile Street.
0: Yeah. The employment <laughs> office was on Mile Street. So you had to go there and, and get your summer job. Well, a couple of the summer jobs that I had uh, while I was growing up there was I ended up working for Mr. Harp at the Wesley Hilltop House. <laughs> and the Hilltop House was a gathering place uh, for pretty much everybody in the community. It was it was in the hill. It was on, on the hill in the neighborhood called the hill. But everybody from the bottom, people from cross town, came to the hilltop. We had dances there. We played basketball there. I mean, it was it was a gathering place for kids and families to, to, you know, to do activities. And Mr. Harp ran that place. And I worked for him during the summer there. And um, he was meticulous in everything that he did. He wanted to make sure that if he assigned you a task, you understood why that task was being assigned. You knew the components of that task and why it was important to complete that task. And, and again, that, that was ingrained in me. It followed me through the through the military. And uh, I think uh, he, he recently passed here last year, but a great pillar of the community there uh, in E Town did a lot of things uh, at the Memorial Methodist Church there in, in town. Uh, huge figure in the community and, and a person that that really uh, impressed upon me, um, you know what it what it means to have a work ethic. So
1: yeah, Mr. Harp was he was that soul at the hilltop that would talk to you and was able to keep you focused yes he was he was able to show a lot of kindness to all the kids throughout the city that went to the hilltop because if whether we were playing ping pong inside or out on the basketball court waiting to get in a game you know because they had two goals at the hilltop right down the street from me there were four basketball goals and so in order to get into the basketball game you had to wait your turn that's right. And you had, you know, 30 people that are trying to get in a basketball game where there is only eight people playing at a time. That's right. And so uh, Julius was was really good in organizing all that and keeping everybody uh, busy and keeping everybody on track and on task. That's for sure.
0: Absolutely. He uh, he set rules. You know, and, and no no one was going to buck him. <laughs> you know, he had a, he had he posted signs, you know, around the court. There was no drinking, no cursing. I mean, and, and, you know, these were, you know, a lot of the older guys in the neighborhood really didn't buck him, you know, because that's how much respect people had for him. And uh, like you say, he he treated everyone with kindness. And I don't care where you came from. Once you stepped onto that property, he took an interest in you and he wanted to make sure that your time at the Hilltop was like, it was pleasant. It was enjoyable. And if you needed something, you could always go to him, even though his office was in the back of the place. If you knocked on the doors, Hey, Mr. Can I talk to you? Yeah, absolutely. He'd always take time to to chat with any kid that came up there. So I, I worked for him. All up until I left to go to the Air Force, that was my last uh, actual job before I left to go to the Air Force, was working for Mr. Harper at the Hilltop House. So I, I am truly grateful for all the the, the the life lessons that he shared with me uh, growing up there as a kid.
1: Yeah. yeah. And Mr. Harper, was he was good at that. That's for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, I, as far as teachers go, you mentioned a couple of, I think, did you mention a couple of teachers that inspired you? I don't know if you did or not.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mentioned Mrs. Martin. Mrs. Martin. And, and I, Mrs., I mentioned uh, Mr. Hilton. Mr. Hilton. Mr. Hilton. Those were junior high. And there's one other uh, teacher I'd like to mention, and it was uh, George Lynch. George now, Lynch, yes. I, I'll, I'll say I'm I'm mentioning George Lynch because when I was an eighth grader, uh, Mr. Lynch came to Morningside as a student teacher, wow. and and he was my uh, teacher at the time while he was doing his student teacher. Well, Coach Lynch, as we all know him now, he had a Corvette. He wow. had like a 1971 Corvette. It was orange with a white, it was an orange convertible with a white top. And I told him, I said, someday, Coach Lynch, Mr. Lynch, I'm going to get one of those. I'm going to be just like you. (laughs) And, you know, he was as a young teacher, you know, he was that athlete that would once again take interest because I was, you know, I was very mischievous and I'll be honest about it. You know, I wasn't. I think the teacher said, "Here comes Johnson. You got Steve Johnson. Yeah, he's a bad kid." Well, I was mischievous, you know. I I was a smart kid, but I was mischievous, and I'll be honest about it. And Coach Lynch, or George Lynch, he gave enough interest in me that he kept me on track, and uh, he was able to uh, later on get a permanent job in Etown. and he ended up coaching phys ed uh, at TK Stone. And at uh, Elizabethtown High School, and so i I tell everyone that it took me thirty four years from the time that I said "I'm going to get that get me a corvette," that I got one. And the first person I contacted when I got that corvette was Coach Lynch. I sent him a text uh, and I sent him a Facebook message saying that, I did it and he said I, you always told me that you would do it and and I did so coach lynch was was um, was a good guy and he ended up being one of my uh, baseball coaches at Elizabethtown High School and football coach at Elizabethtown High School so he was he was a good man and I, I still kind of keep in contact him when I get a contact with him when I get a chance yeah yeah
0: that's awesome yeah I, I it's been a while since i've seen a lot of a lot of the teachers um around i mean I, the few times i get back to town here lately uh i i don't run into a lot of the old teachers i think uh i think one time i ran into uh um i think here a while back uh i i saw i didn't run into him but i thought i saw bob Shear. he was he was he was a coach uh, yeah. he, was, he coached eighth grade basketball at the time. I remember that.
1: Oh, um, we he coached, had the ugliest uniforms.
0: Yeah, he, he coached eighth <laughs> grade basketball. And uh, the, the the thing about Coach Shear was he cut me off the eighth grade basketball team. I remember like it was yesterday. He cut yeah. me off the eighth grade basketball team. And,
1: uh, and we. I don't mean to interrupt, but we yeah, always wondered why. Why would he cut yeah, you off the eighth yeah. grade basketball team? He, he cut me off the
0: eighth grade basketball team. And, uh, you know, at the time I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't of the frame of mind to deal with it in the right way that I should have. I, I, I pouted, whatever. And it's like, you know, just like, I'll take my ball and go home, which I did, right? <laughs> But yeah. I wasn't on the team, and it wasn't until a few years later. After um, basketball was not a sport I played in high school. I mean, you you played on the Etown High basketball team. I did not play high school basketball, even though I loved the sport. played Played it on the playgrounds just about every day of my life. Lived at the basketball court, uh, but I did not play high school basketball primarily because I didn't want to cut my hair. uh, Yeah, that was the primary reason uh, I did not play high school basketball. I didn't want to cut my hair and bad decision on my part. But I was a young, stupid kid at the time and didn't know any better. But I did not want to cut my hair. But several years later. I ran into Coach Shear. We were playing uh, myself, another uh, childhood friend of ours, uh, Randy Hampton, and I forgot who else. Um, that had been Henry English, Piggy, as we called him. <laughs> we were seeing, uh baskets up at Valley View School. It was a summer type thing going on, and Coach Shear was running this program. And at that time, my my skills had really improved. And uh, he could see that, like, wow, this this kid has really got some talent. And he told me, he's like, have you ever thought about walking on at ECC and and playing on their team? And I'm like, no, I really hadn't. He said, oh, yeah, you could make that team. And because of that, I did. I, I, I tried out for the team, walked on at ECC, and, uh, and was a starting guard on that team for like two years. My, myself, uh, Mark Hill played on that team. Um, R- Richard Woodley, who passed on. We, we were part of that team. Um, you might remember um, he played for North Hardin High School. Uh, I can't remember his last name. His name first name was Rich played basketball at North Arden high school. And uh, he was on that team, but um, coach here, he cut me off the eighth grade team years before, but as things progressed, he saw that like, wow, you know, this kid can play, and it's, you know, and I think you could play at another level.
1: Well, so, we always knew that. We we played every day. We played you every know. day.
0: Yeah, played every before
1: day. before school started. We played yeah. basketball.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'd be all sweaty and everything <laughs> going, going to class because we're showing up playing, you know, full court basketball at seven o'clock in the morning you know, but, uh, but he, he, he recognized that. And, uh, so I'm, I'm like, you know, that, that was an inspiration that he saw enough talent in me to say, Hey, you could do this. And so I did. So that, that was one of the big, big joys of my life was playing two years of junior college basketball. And then, you know, I played for pretty much all my air force career, at various levels. So, So, you know, that's for me. Those are some of the people that that made an impression on me growing up, um, you know, in E-Town, in the bottom. The two people I mentioned literally lived right around the corner from my house. And when I go back to E-Town, I was home uh, in September. I actually stopped by and, and visited with Mr. Compton. We chatted and I actually told him how much. Him showing me things on that basketball court, how much it meant to me, and how much it meant to a lot of other kids. He just he, he just didn't teach me. He taught anybody that stepped on that court, and he was playing. He always managed to dispense some lessons about how to play the game. Right. So, and, I, and I shared that with him when I was there. So it meant a lot to me, and it meant a lot to him to know that people recognized, you know, what a pillar he was in that neighborhood.
1: Yeah, you um, you mentioned that, and it's it's uh, strange. Or it's a coincidence that I was looking at Facebook just a couple of days ago, and uh, they had the Elizabethtown Catholic 1968 regional basketball team. Oh, wow. Someone had that posted. And, of course, you know, looking at Elizabethtown Catholic… You had Don Compton that played for uh, ECC, or uh, Elizabethtown Catholic. Yeah. Mo, Mo Cecil played. Yeah. Mo Cecil, yeah. Okay. John Gaither. Johnny Gaither. Yep. Yeah. And my brother Ralph played right. for E-Town yeah. Catholic as well. Yeah. And yeah. I was chuckling that I was getting ready to type on Facebook that that 1968 team was a team that ended up, you know, making it to the state finals by winning the regional. However, in the district, one thing about Kentucky basketball, and people know this, your district level, whoever the runner's up gets to move on to the regional. Well, that year, uh, E-Town and E-Town Catholic, they always had huge battles, Yep. I mean, the gyms would be packed, there'd be cars parked all over the neighborhood just to go see E-Town, E-Town Catholic play. And earlier that year, E-Town and E-Town Catholic played in E-Town High won. They got to the district that year. E-Town Catholic and E-Town, they played again. E-Town won. This time they made it, both teams made it to the finals. And I remember just like you said, clear as day, some of the, um, classmates or people that were our age were kind of harassed me you know is gonna beat etown Catholic again. I'm not gonna mention any names, but this one uh, uh, kid he was a I think he was a year or two older me older than I was and he just gave me the blues that that week. Uh, I'm not gonna say his name, but his father ended up being the principal at Elizabethtown High School oh yeah. And so, and so he just gave me the blues, gave me the blues, gave me the blues. And I was, you know, I I didn't want to fight because, you know, back then we would fight. (laughs) You know, I didn't want to fight this, this individual, but it came down to the last four or five minutes of the game and E-Town Catholic beat E-Town. And boy, let me tell you the next week, what goes around comes around. I mean, he he hid from me for about three days. Yeah. Then I finally caught up with him, and boy, did I give him the blues! That was something else. But those were huge battles. Everybody in the town would come and watch Etown Etown Catholic play.
0: Absolutely, man. That was that was basketball at its at its highest, man. And and some of the names you mentioned, uh, Mo Cecil, Johnny Gaither. I mean, those guys at the time, those guys were the ballers. Uh, back in E Town, I mean, we, you know, we we didn't really go on the playground and play with those guys because we we weren't good enough, or you know, we were we were youngsters then. But uh, you know, seeing those guys play a lot of times on the playgrounds or whatnot, I mean, those guys could ball, man. At that time, they they were the the true basketball players. And my cousin uh, played for I think played for E Town. Don English played for. Mm-hmm. And uh he was a baller. I mean, Donnie was a baller, man. So we 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 remember a lot of this stuff, but it was like, man, you, you those games were, I mean, amazing. They were amazing and and good timing. That the gyms, like you said, they would be packed to the rafters.
1: We would here's here's something that people don't realize is that whenever it would rain, and we always played outside, whenever it rained, we would go into etown high school's gym and play turn on the lights and play the place would be completely closed up but we had a secret way into the gym you know we made sure that we were going to get in there and play so that uh, we could hone our skills as well especially as we were growing up right you know
0: yeah yeah we'll have to have a segment on you know, coming of age, you know, on on the basketball court. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, E-Town was not that big. But there were only a few neighborhoods where, like, if you wanted to go hone your skills, you had to go play. You had to go across town and play over there at Morningside on the courts out there. You had to go over there and show your stuff. And yep. then you had to you had to go to the hilltop and, and show your stuff on the hill. And if, if you could ball in both those neighborhoods— then you you're like okay you you you're ready you might be ready for something bigger but those were the primary neighborhoods we'll have to do a segment on on hoops uh, in in E Town and 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 talk about some of that but uh, we we have reached uh, the the time to to wrap this episode up it was a good episode tonight and uh again a lot of connections with some of the people you mentioned uh we 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 have a you know a commonality on on some of the folks some of the people that that uh, inspired both of us so just that that just lets you know what a small tight knit community uh, e town was with us growing up and uh a lot of those folks uh on both sides of the track uh really and put a lot into both our lives. So
1: right, right, right. We all we all grew up in that small town. Everybody knew everyone, okay. and we all had things that were in common. And we all had one thing in mind, and that was to uh, have as much fun as we could, and survive, and move on, and move forward.
0: Yeah, that's it. And yep. uh, and I think we've we've done that well and uh, always reaching back to remember, you know, a lot of the folks there uh, in, in our little small hometown, um, small town, America, USA, that that has helped us get to where we are today as successful black men. So I'm
1: grateful for that. Very much so. Very much so. Well, I guess that'll wrap it up, and we'll move on to our next segment, which will be uh, same time next week. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, time we'll off. have some more interesting topics to deal with our uh, hometown. All so, right. if you get a chance, please tune in.
0: Absolutely, cross the tracks. <laughs>